0: Hello, welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And I'm so excited to bring you this episode this week because my guest, she's part of an organization that is what inspired me to become a marriage therapist on my own. I think there is so much depth and richness to the conversation that we have. What does it mean to have a marriage story What does it mean to engage your story? What does that look like in terms of healing your marriage? What does it look like if you already have a happy and connected marriage and you really just want to go deeper? What does that look like for you? Really, the work that my guest Tracy does with her group has been just such a great influence on me personally that it was very important for me to be able To share them with you on the show. And as we get to the end, I will give you a coupon code so that if anything that she talks about is interesting to you, it will be saving you some money. Let's jump right in and hear from our guest. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? struggling to connect with your husband maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is god if this is you i've been there my story is your story i want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast our guest today, Tracy Johnson. Tracy is the Storywork Supervisor at ReStory Counseling and the Founder and Editor-in-Chief of Red Tent Living. She holds a Certificate of Completion from the Allender Center at the Seattle School of Psychology and Theology and Level 1 and Level 2 Gottman Marriage Training. You guys know how much I love Gottman Training. Along with Chris and Beth Bruno, she's the co-creator of the Thrive Marriage Lab. Welcome, 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 Tracy. I'm so happy to have you on the show as we were chatting just before we hit record. Thank you for
1: being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation so much. Awesome, awesome.
0: Now, guys, you know, I don't always have guests on the show. And when I do have a guest, I try to make sure it's something that's gonna be really, really valuable for you. And the reason why I thought Tracy was gonna be a a valuable asset the conversations that we have on the show is that Tracy specializes in exploring your story. And I think there's so much that we're going to get into there. But Tracy, if you don't mind telling the audience a little bit about what does it mean to explore your marriage story?
1: That's a great question. I, I think I would just start by saying it's sort of intuitive that we arrive and into our marriage with the life that we've lived before we met each other, whatever that looks like, whether it's a first marriage or if it's a second marriage, you are the culmination of the story that you've lived up to that point. And we bring that into the marriage and the marriage story that we start writing together. So exploring your story in marriage is about your individual stories and how they're showing up in your relationships. And then as you've been married, the longer you've been married, you've started to write a marriage story on your own. And so that too is something that is worth looking at, worth talking about, worth exploring in maybe some ways that you haven't before.
0: I love that. Thank you. And as I was doing my research and looking up what you guys do, which I'm definitely familiar with, a bunch of things that you do in the Allender Center and all that beautiful work, which we can get into what that means. I think it's important for the audience to know what your background is in there, but Mm -hmm. how does, in terms of your story and your marriage story and exploring that story, how does your family of origin, me being an MFT, I love to, you know, really get into family of origin stuff. How does the family of origin come into or
1: create a part of your marriage story? Yeah, I think it creates probably one of the most critical parts of your marriage story. So you became who you are in your family of origin. And we live in such an exciting time as far as what we're learning about neurobiology. And so I feel like, wait, what science is starting to tell us just reinforces what scripture has been telling us for all time. But we know that There's so many critical things that happen in a child's life as they're discovering who they are. And that's getting influenced and impacted and shaped by your family of origin. And that stays with you for your lifetime. So that doesn't change. That doesn't go away. You can't erase that. Even if you've had a very difficult story in your family of origin, maybe you've even sort of broken off your relationship um, with your family of origin, you still carry that story with you. So when you meet your spouse, you start dating and, and you get married and you start building this life together, whether it's conscious for you or subconscious for you, things that were formed in you about how you see the world, how you understand conflict, how you feel loved, how you communicate, like all of those things, all of the synapses fired for all of that when you were a kid. And so your family abortion story is very important from that standpoint. And then I think it's also important from the standpoint of how much ongoing relationship do you have with some. You know, if you have a traditional marriage service, oftentimes the pastor, Mary, we'll talk about the verses in scripture that talk about that, that, Will leave his family and cleave to his wife. And so we get this idea of leaving and cleaving. And how much have you left your family? Like, there's a whole lot to that. We could talk about that for a really long time, just what that means. But your family of origin may play a more critical role because of the level of relationship that you continue to be um, with those individuals and how present they are in your marriage today. So, I think it's very
0: important. Awesome. Thank you. And now I speak to basically the wife. Yeah. So yep. my my girl is usually one half of the disengaged marriage, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which I look to prevent. It's almost like I have all these listeners and wish that there was less women that were one half of in a yeah. disengaged marriage. Is there any advice that you can give her in terms of what it looks like? to start to reengage her husband or maybe it is reengaging with story. Like what are some of the things that you would talk to your clients about if, if they're
1: in that particular space? I mean that feels like such a hard space, right? And by the time you're sort of talking about the fact that you feel like you're in a disengaged marriage or you're married to a disengaged man, a fair amount of time has gone by. And I think one of the things that is difficult to look at, but critical to something different happening is actually like ourselves. And so you can't change your husband. You may really want to, you may think that you can, but you can't change him. The only person you can change and the only thing you can do to change a dynamic is change how you're showing up in the dynamic. And when you change, that changes everything. And I think sometimes we don't realize that and get so focused on if only my husband would put his phone down, if only my husband wasn't so tired when he got home from work at the end of the day, if only my husband makes me a priority. And so all of our energy is about him. And we start to lose touch with the fact that we're half of the dynamic. So how I'm showing up has something to do with the interplay between the two of us and certainly there are those marriages where you have a spouse who is just super shut down and for whatever those reasons are they're really pretty unreachable and that is sad and we do see that happen where despite all kinds of work maybe even they come to counseling maybe even he comes with her but there just isn't a lot of movement that's not the majority of marriages though. That's not what's most of the time what's happening. And so often what we find is that as a wife begins to explore her own story, she begins to get curious about how she's showing up in the marriage, what she's willing to notice about what goes on for her just in relationship with how her husband is or is not engaging. That can be the beginning of some changes. And as she changes that, that can change everything. It can be more of an invitation to something different for him. But I think that first we have to look at the unproductiveness of that sort of being focused on, you know, it's really my husband. He's really the problem. And and that's not me saying he's just, he's half the problem.
0: A hundred percent. I love that you said all that because it's one of those, I feel like sometimes I sound like a broken record because I say that all the time. So when a a guest unprompted, unprompted, y'all, I didn't ask her to say it. So um, I feel like when a guest also affirms that, that yes, it's true, we can't change it, but we can change ourselves. It's just, I think it's really helpful to reaffirm that there is something that we can do and at least something that we can do to kind of get back and i love how you talked about the idea of engaging in your own story because if you're understanding how what was painful in my own family of origin was painful in my own story that really is causing me to react overreact underreact or whatever to the way it is that my husband's communicating with me that can really start to make a difference like you said Now, in the meantime, let's say they're doing that, right? Let's say, because my girl is great, she's amazing, she's doing all this work and she's working to change herself because she's heard me like a broken record say how we can't change our husband. In the meantime, what are some ways that she can start to reconnect with her husband today, tomorrow? What would you suggest maybe some of those things that she tried?
1: You know, it's interesting. I think it was like in May that uh, the report came out from the Surgeon General, and he said that the greatest crisis facing us like today is tied to mental health, but that it's actually loneliness. Mm -hmm. That is the greatest crisis that is facing us today is loneliness. And he was really clear in saying that that's not pandemic related. So the data that's driving that goes back a decade. So it's interesting for us to think about, like, we go back a decade, what was different and, and what has happened over the last 10 years? And, and I bring that up because as you say that, like most marriages today, that 10-year impact is somehow showing up in the marriage and so when we say disengaged like my husband is disengaged or i'm feeling that he's disengaged what we're really talking about is you're feeling alone and lonely in your marriage and so is he so is he and often i think we're up against that loneliness and we're up against what has kind of come i think is a byproduct of that which is the we're entering in from a starting gate position of mistrust or distrust. And again, back to your girl, right, who has found you and is here because she feels like there's this disengagement that's play. That fuels inside of us like a feeling of mistrust. It's hard to take risks in how you're engaging your husband after you've already come to feel that he's disengaged. Right, which has left you feeling what? Like he's not interested in you, he doesn't care about you, other things are more important, you don't matter, the kids don't matter. So you can already feel like there's a lack of trust. You've come to believe this that you can't trust in his care for you, and his interests for you, and his desire to be with you. And I think the other thing I would see when, and so has he. Right? So has he. So I think one of the things that is helpful in changing that pattern is to start to bring something that at story we talk about as A-C-K, which is awareness and curiosity and kindness. So instead of this, you know, harping or like, honey, would you just put your phone down? Why don't you ever put your phone down? Can we just do something together? tell me about your day it's like what if we soften that a little bit and and we start to have some awareness what if what well, you begin to have an awareness that your husband walks through the door exhausted yeah. and instead of being irritated by his exhaustion you're curious you notice you're like hey babe i notice you look pretty tired coming through the door today how was your day you yeah, know i am i'm exhausted you don't want to talk okay just watched and now i see you there right i see you and i am curious about how your day was you know maybe a little later you want to you want to tell me some of that because i'd like to hear yeah you know and then having the kindness which is like a witness a willingness to be with him and what he has to share there that's simple like that's not rocket science but you can feel the shift from mistrust a doubtfulness, a sort of a like, well, here he is again, exhausted and without any energy for any of us to offering just some awareness about how he's doing through the door and a willingness to be a little curious about that. And it's not going to work the first time you try it. It may not work the first five times, but like, can something shift inside to begin to move? with a little more openness and a little less mistrust. And I would say like, you can actually apply the same thing to yourself. Like what is Mm -hmm. my awareness about what is going on for me? Right? So I'm feeling agitated and irritated. It's 4.45 and I've already gotten a text from him that he's late and I start feeling irritated. Huh, why am I irritated? What is going on for me? That I'm irritated and and am I irritated? I'm disappointed. You know, I was hopeful that he was going to be here sooner. Like, what is that? And to be willing to look at what's happening for me and what am I needing? What am I needing before he ever hits the door that's going to allow me to be a more welcoming presence? I love that.
0: I'm I'm sitting here going. Uh, good thing that this is all being recorded. I could take notes later because it's just. It's beautiful, the language, I think, that you offer the, the listeners. These are things I talk about all the time, that the the language and just the framework of A-C-K, how easy it is, how simple of a gift, how well are we loving our partner? Yeah, by just ha- giving them that awareness and that curiosity. That's a, a way to give them love. And I think that's so beautiful that you offer that. So thank you, for that. Um, Talk to me about this... Year of dates. So we were chatting uh, before we recorded, and I'm like, "Oh, I love this idea," because sometimes I do get questions. Not everyone is in a disengaged marriage; some are in happy marriages, but are looking to keep them from getting disengaged, which is great. We love that too. And I think either one. So mm-hmm. either somebody maybe who like they're fighting, but they're still living at home, right? They're not separated, or the couple who's potentially in a happy marriage, and the wife is just being really intentional about keeping it that way, how can they learn more about maybe date
1: ideas or whatever it is? I know you were talking to me about that. So it's a free resource that we offer through the Thrive Marriage Lab. It's called A Year of Big Date. And basically what it is, it's going to show up in your inbox and we have done all the work for you. Anything that you do with me, anything that you do with Restory or in the Thrive Lab, all of it is story driven because we believe that your story is critical to your life and how you connect and how you build intimacy and how you come to understand one another more deeply and how you build a thriving marriage. So what we've done with the year of good dates is that each date is designed to have you creatively engaged with bringing some element of your story into. A date. And so they're playful. they're fun, they're unusual, but one spouse is going to plan the date and the spouse who's planning, it's their responsibility to take whatever the theme is that we've given you. And so it might be a movie date, right? It might be a playful date. It might be a foodie date, like whatever it is, the person who's planning it is going to pick whatever the activity is going to be but we ask you to pick it based on some element of your story. So you might pick a movie that you've always wanted to see because you're interested in it and it ties into this thing about you when you were growing up. Or maybe you're going to pick a place that you're going to go eat because when you were 10, you ate there with your family. But you're going to think about that and you're going to share that with your spouse as part of the experience of the date. And then the spouse who isn't the planner, we're going to help you have good questions to pursue your spouse in that story, to just learn a little bit more, come to understand them a little bit more. And in that, there's more connection between the two of you. So it just adds an element of intentionality to what you ought to be doing once a month anyways. We try to plan them in a way that you could be as elaborate or you could be as simple and more affordable as you need to be. But it is a guarantee that the two of you are going to connect over something tied to your story in a way that you probably wouldn't if you just do what you typically do on Friday.
0: Love that. Thank you. What I like about that, because it's like, uh, OK, a year of date ideas like that it doesn't sound so sexy to me. But what? When- Right. It's like, okay, so, you know, but as you go through and really describe what it is and describe that it's not just a year of date ideas, you are providing them with a way to really connect and be more. um, You're facilitating an emotional intimacy that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And that emotional intimacy is coming through the process of engaging each other's story. And I love that. That's that's what makes that special.
1: A story I like to tell around that is uh, early on my husband. So my husband Mark and I have been married for thirty seven years. Oh, uh, good for you! <laughs>
0: uh,
1: early on, we had a pretty big argument. I mean, it was probably like a fight, right? Like you do when you're early in your marriage, and we just felt really disconnected. And I don't think either one of us. Knew how to bridge what had happened. We said big things. It had gotten kind of explosive, and we were living in the time city where Mark grew up. And he came in and, uh, and sort of tentatively just said, "Hey, would you go for a ride?" And I was like hesitant. He's like, "We we don't even have to talk. him we just go for a ride?" And I was like, "Fine." I you know, do you think that'll work? And so I got in the car, and he drove me to Dairy Queen. Never, I had never been to Dairy Queen. How sad is that? But I had never been to a Dairy Queen. But we, you know, got into the drive through and he ordered what he always orders, which is a Reese's peanut butter cup and M&M blizzard. So he ordered the blizzard. I had no idea what the semen is. He's like, you just have to trust me. It's going to be good. He gets it. It's got two spoons in it. And we pull into this parking spot. And he said, when I was in high school, when things were bad at home and there'd been a big blowout or something, I used to get in my car and I would come to this Dairy Queen and I would order an ice cream and sit here and hope that someday my life would be better. And the Dairy Queen was like right behind his high school so we could see the high school sitting there. And, and he just said, so I, I didn't know what else to do, but I want us to be better.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Like, how do you stay mad? Yeah, how do you stay mad, right? I mean, and so it, it's a little snippet of what we're talking about, right? I and mean, he took me someplace that was important to him and he told me a story about why he would go there when he was a kid. And I knew enough about his family to know why he might have needed to go there. And so there was something in that that, you know, that he thought to take me there and say, like, I want it to be better. He didn't know how to fix it. He didn't know what to say. But just that movement and that connection to his story and to him and to what I already knew about him, that was enough to move us into less escalated, angry space. Which sounds like it would be an example
0: of one of these yeah, well, it's that right. right?
1: Yeah, that right. kind of idea where you're yeah. going to learn something. You, you we think that we know everything about ourselves. Like you don't, you don't know everything. I think it was Madeline Langle said a self, it is always becoming. A self is always becoming. There's still ink in the pen. And so. You know, whatever feels hopeless or however sure you are that you know what your spouse is going to say, you're just sure you know, they're always saying this. It's like, no, they're not. They're not because they're always still quick me. Love that. I
0: mean, and just like you, like we were saying, the, the intentionality of mm-hmm. saying, like, I want to see you. Deeper. Yes. Yes. I want to go deeper. Yes, we've been married for 20 years, but let's go deeper. And I I think that's.
1: Well, when you start to realize that what was happening in our house that day as we were fighting is that probably a 14 year old part of my husband was feeling very activated inside of him. Sure. Right. I mean, because that's the kid that knew something of tension and anger and words being spoken. Right, And so he started to have those same feelings inside. Yeah, and so that is what happened what happens when we're in disconnected or angry space with ourselves, we're feeling shame, we're feeling whatever it is at any time. I have a couple that I'm meeting with that they're telling me about their most recent fight, the most recent thing that happened. As I start to ask questions, I start to explore and move in there a little bit, we will end up in some place far earlier in their life. And whatever is going on between the two of them is being fueled by things that are untended to, unresolved, unhealed, uncared for, and oftentimes unknown by the other person. That day, I came to understand that, like, when we argue like that, that's where it takes my husband. I've never forgotten. I can remember that. Doesn't mean that we don't argue. Doesn't mean that we don't fight. But it does mean that when I start to watch him shut down, when I start to see, like, that look come across his face, I have the choice to remember that he is a kid that grew up in a family with a lot of tension. And when we're having tension, it's like poking and touching that inside of him. I mean, I can say the same thing about me. When I was growing up, I was often sent to my room. If I got too emotional, that was like, you need to go to your room. Go yeah. to your room, get control of your emotions, right? When you can be less emotional, you can come out. So when Mark walks away from me, if he walks away from me when I'm upset or I've got a lot of emotional energy, It doesn't take long, and I feel like that 10, 12, 14-year-old girl being sent to a room because nobody wants to be with me when I'm being too emotional.
0: The beautiful thing that you said was, I can choose to remember. Right. Right. When he's activated, when you're activated. Right. Right. As spouses, we can make the choice to surrender. Going back to our initial point of, you could change only yourself. Right. So you might not be able to change the fact that your husband is activated in that moment, but you can choose to remember why he's activated. Right. Then you can
1: choose a new response versus okay. a reaction. Right. I can choose compassion. Yes. Right. I can choose kindness. And the same thing is true for me. You know, sometimes if I'm super angry or irritated or whatever and Mark knows that he's not going to be able to engage that with me, probably the kindest thing he can do is say, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go for a walk. I'll be back. Okay. That's not wrong. He's not doing something wrong. It doesn't feel good to me, right? Because as he leaves, I feel left alone in my room. That's not his fault, right? And then I get to decide what would I like to do with myself? What do I want to do with the parts of me that felt left and alone and like I was too much? I can't put all that emotions in. Like, it can't be his job to fix that for me. It's my work. And he can be kind to me in that. He can care about it. He can remember it. He can notice it. But at the end of the day, that's my work.
0: Yeah. Us, oh, so, so, so good. I really, really, really love this. As you were speaking and you were telling me the story about your husband and, and Dairy Queen, such a beautiful, heartwarming story, I thought about, there's a lot of people to whom this applies, where I don't want to think about something from my story in my past. It was traumatic. I don't want to bring up any one of those feelings. And I certainly don't want to
1: associate those feelings with my husband. What would you say to her? Um, I would say, I get it. I get it. Your body folds all of what you have lived. And so I have trauma in my story too. And so I, I understand that energy of I am leaving that behind. I don't ever want to think about that again. Like, you know, I'm not that girl. I'm not her. I've moved on. And you can tell yourself that all day long. The reality is you're carrying the story with you. And you cannot help but have it impact your life. Even all the energy that you're spending to try and not remember it, to try and not let it affect you, that's evidence of the fact that it's affecting you. So, what we know is that what is harmed in relationship is healed in relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. Armed in relationship is healed in relationship. And, uh, and what traumatic events, what transforms those, like what brings healing is witness. It, it is actually like the presence of another person witnessing you, like, you know, offering their eyes and their ears and their care around what's happening. So, you know, can that be your spouse? Yes. But realistically, if you've got trauma, you have, whether it's big T or whether it's small T trauma, you have some awareness that that's part of your story. That's not going to get healed by you ignoring it or powering your way through it. And so, I, you know, I, I'd say like, you know, the work of a counselor of, of some kind, um, whether that's a therapist, whether that's somebody who does the kind of work that I do, the story work, like that's what's needed. And, and I really believe that like, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said to the disciples, when he said like, it, it will be by your love for one another that they will know that you are mine. Okay. And that love for one another, there's like this reciprocity, there's this giving and taking. Of what happens in that loving of one another. And that just bumps up so beautifully next to what we know about what brings healing. Yeah. What brings yeah. healing is the experience of witness, the experience of someone being with you, that exchange of love. I
0: love it. And just like, i'm listening to it like i really i eat this stuff up it's funny i joke i say that i'm gonna be a marriage therapist who doesn't like really believe in marriage therapy like i do but i think so it's like what i do really i do but i i think there's so much more that can happen before we go into marriage therapy couples counseling what have you and i think that work is tied to what you're saying and to yeah. back off your point a little bit where you said it's really important to have somebody trained to engage your story. I'm also a big proponent of knowing who you're going to, right? Like I, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, just go on the internet and, and, and hire whatever, you know, mental health counselor you find, which is one of the reasons why I wanted you on this show, because mm-hmm. Tracy and her team This is what they are certified to do. And I think it's so beautiful. I mean, it's something that I would do myself. I think it's so beautiful that you can sit with somebody who can be that witness. So I was telling you before uh, we started that I love Adam Young and his podcast. And one of the things that he says often is, um, I think it's pain wants to be witnessed.
1: Yes. Or suffering
0: needs to be witnessed. And it just like, it gives me goosebumps to hear it because it's so true. If you have had a traumatic story, you just want somebody who's going to listen to you and really help you
1: through that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you have the experience of being a witness, like part of what happens in your brain, Chemically, there are healing chemicals that are turned on in your brain, put in a very like basic terms. When someone is offering you their eyes and their presence and their responses and you're sharing something difficult or traumatic with them. So it begins a healing process that I believe God designed. It's how he made your brain to work. And so things like oxytocin get turned on. These are the chemicals that get turned on in your brain when you're receiving that kind of care that you're talking about. It's like participating in a miracle that God designed and We know that your brain, we know that also in your brain are these mirroring neurons. And so sitting with someone who can do story work with you, part of what happens is that as they're sitting with you, the mirroring neurons in your brain are borrowing. They're borrowing from the mirroring neurons in my brain. And that is helping to provide stabilization and healing for you. How beautiful is that? That has God. Created us. It's amazing. It's amazing, and it's different than therapy. Yeah, story work is different than therapy, and I believe in both. I think both are great. Right. They do different things. I actually have a fair amount of my client load is therapists, so they come to do their own story work with me, so that they can go back and then sit with their clients. Differently because of what they've been able to experience, like healing and wholeness for themselves, it allows them to then sit with those that they're caring for with greater openness and like a greater groundedness inside of themselves. Yeah.
0: Oh, so true. Because I think about as a therapist myself, like I want to stay away from trauma because I don't want it to be triggered. So that was just why I was saying. You know, working uh, with someone on your team is something I've always wanted to do personally. But to bring it back to the the listener, if they could understand that the the beauty behind even doing some of this uh, story work, the gift that they are then able to give other people, give their husband, because they're able to show up in so much more of a full way because yes. they have all the baggage. There's no, There is yeah. none you know, they've worked through it and they're coming from a place of such emotional health. Yes. Where they could really do this work, which is one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on your show.
1: I would say, you know, I do a lot of work with a lot of people and if they have not done their own story work, they haven't done any therapy, they haven't done anything for themselves. They arrive in a relationship with me. We can do work between the two of them, but I would say like 75 to 80 percent of the time they end up getting their own counseling apart from the work that they're doing with me. And so if you're if you're in a marriage with a husband who is disengaged, the greatest gift you can give to yourself, to him and to your marriage is go do your own work. Yeah. Yeah. Your own work.
0: I love that. It's like my job. I mean, it's that's so, so good. So besides the 12 months of dates, you guys yeah. have some things coming on. I took a look. There is the marriage lab and there are some things that yes. you have yeah. coming on. You know how I do, guys. All of Tracy's information is going to be in the show notes. But can you tell my listener where sure. they can engage with you guys further?
1: Yeah. So um, we offer something called the Thrive Marriage Lab. It's a 12-month marriage membership. and um, you could think about it almost like a gym membership for your marriage. <laughs> Love it. Would be a way to think about it. And so what, what the Marriage Lab is for, it is not marriage counseling. It is for couples who just want more thriving in their relationship. And it's not that you can't have any problems, but it's just like, I want to be clear. It is not in and of itself marriage counseling. It is like support. And a growth opportunity and a resource for your marriage. And we open the lab once a year. It's going to open for registration March 1st. And then we will actually, the cohort will begin April 1st. And in that, you get get a once a month live gathering with Chris Bruno and I. We do it in a Zoom setting. Um, And there's some teaching that comes with that. And then we offer some questions and coaching in that meeting that is just designed to facilitate some good conversation between you around the topic for that. You're also going to get once a month, a wives gathering with me. The wives get to meet with just me. The husbands get to meet with just Chris. We also offer you each week, you're going to get a tip from us and a conversation starter. And then we have some incredible expert interviews. So people like Dan Allender and Kurt Thompson and the Yurkovich's who have wonderful marriage material about attachments. We have great expert interviews that we've done and you get those in the lab also. Um, So it's a a lot of content and resource and it's delivered to your email. And everything is also available in a recorded way. And so if you can't make any of those live gatherings, you can watch and participate in your own time on your own schedule. So I think it's an incredible resource. And and it's basically for the cost of one marriage counseling session, you get an entire month worth of good stuff for your marriage.
0: I just wanted to jump in and give you the link. If you are interested in that, you can find it at restory.life forward slash thrive. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot life forward slash thrive. T-H-R-I-V-E. If you put into the coupon code GFW for grace-fueled wife, You'll save yourself $20 a month on the membership just for my listeners. Check it out. That is Restory.life forward slash thrive.
1: Of course, there is like everything that we offer at Restory. So that includes story work on on my side of the practice. We do also offer clinical counseling on the other side. And everything that we do, whether it's clinical care or whether it's story work is story informed. So you will be engaging in your story. Chris and I offer marriage intensives. We offer individual intensives. We offer online courses. So I mean, restory.life is an incredible place to just go and look for all of the different ways that you can find us and experience what we have to offer.
0: I love that. And I can attest to it because I checked out the website and it's very robust. I was like, yeah. I could go down a rabbit hole in here. There's all this stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy, for really blessing uh, my audience with this conversation. I think we're just scratching the surface of what could it yeah. be achieved uh, for themselves and, and for their marriage through story work. But I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Well, Thanks well, so much.
1: Thank Bye. you. Thank you for having me. You
0: got it. Love you guys. And until next week. Hey Love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Grace Fields wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me. And it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love ya, and I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled
1: Wife.